ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome in to another edition of Nosebleeds WFUV's exclusive baseball podcast. Brian Raybacks here. Pleased to be joined by Maddie Vivanti and Andrew Crenary today. Guys, it's June. It feels like just yesterday it was opening day and the season was just getting started. But, I mean, we're really in the full swing of things now. Summer, baseball, and it's June. That's where things get for real. So I'm excited to talk to you guys today. But first of all, how are we doing? I'm doing so good because the Mets just swept the Phillies. So good for you. And it's really good for me because everyone was saying it's like the mid off, like it's going to be two mid teams <laughs> competing against each other. And I enjoyed the series. I really did. I can never say that when they play the Phillies, but I enjoyed it this time. And it's, it's June. I'm so excited. Finally, we're getting underway. It's June. So, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. It's going to fly by. And by the end of it, I'll see the Mets on top, so I'm feeling good. Andrew? Yeah, I'm great. Um, some great weather out, some great baseball weather out, and, um, yeah, a good couple series that we're going to talk about. Mets, obviously, Maddie's going to be happier than uh, us, I would say, you know, with Seattle dropping uh, – or Yankees dropping that game to Seattle in the last game of the series. We'll definitely get into that. Um, other than that, doing great. And, yeah, we're finally getting into the full swing of the baseball season, so it's been exciting. They like to use the phrase, it's getting late early. So now April and May are done. So we got a a lot of a sample size to assess what we've seen so far from both of the New York teams. We're going to start with the Yankees. They've been playing good baseball as of late. There was a brief stretch in the Baltimore and the San Diego series where things got a little dicey. But outside of that, they won the last two games against San Diego and then took the series from Seattle as well. So they're rolling a bit right now. Aaron Judge might be the hottest hitter on the planet with the way he's rolling. And now they're getting back a couple of reinforcements, particularly Giancarlo Stanton and then everyone's favorite Yankee, Josh Donaldson, too. So, Maddie, I'll start with you with the way that the Yankees are rolling and then with the with the players they're getting back. Is there reason to believe that the Yankees might just be hitting their stride and go really towards the top of the AL East here? I think so. I think it's definitely probable. I I mean, I've been very impressed with a lot of certain Yankees. I really got to give credit to IKF, which you couldn't say last That's year. That's the guy. That's the guy to give credit say to. It now. And IKF has been so much better. He's been, I think it's since like mid-May, he's now up to like 342. And he has just been such an essential guy, such an essential utility player for them, um, especially with how to me, the mess of the Yankees has been their left field situation. He's been able to kind of remedy some things with that. And he has just been great. Judge has been in great form ever since he's been like just rolling. Like the team has just looked great. And I think it really comes down to how they're going to compete against these AL East teams because they didn't do so good, you know, against the heavy hitter teams they needed to get. They like uh, took one out of two with the Orioles three to four with the Rays. They need to take more of those games, in my opinion, if they really want to make that huge push for that first overall spot. But I think this past month has been great for them. And now uh, 
they have just looked so much better than they would they started with. And I think that's just a production thing from some of these big guys with Judge, with IKF, now like saying Stanton coming back, Donaldson, my least favorite Yankee coming back. And, you know, so I'm just excited to see it. So I think it's good for them. Before, before you jump in, Andrew, I'm so happy you brought up IKF. And you were saying the big guys, and you put IKF's name in there. I mean, he's been... He's been a great hitter as of late, and it's been a tumultuous year for him. He lost a starting shortstop role at the beginning of the year, and he could have just pouted and really been unhappy with his role. But no, instead, he said he was embracing his role and was happy to learn uh, how to play the outfield and to play out there and give the Yankees whatever they needed. And now he's hitting, which is big. He's hitting for power, too. He's getting some extra base hits. So it's big to see him succeeding. And, Andrew, it's another component of the Yankees' finding finding whatever they can and making it work and it didn't really work that way at the start of the year but now they're winning a lot and ik has been at the center of that so the yankees a lot of things are going right for them right now yeah it seems like it's definitely coming together and if you said to me last year ikf was going to be one of those big guys performing and putting in hits i would have said that you're crazy i mean what a turnaround for a player and also i think that just kind of shows this Yankee organization overall is that IKF was able to adapt and work his way into other positions such as left field and also get the back going. It seems like the whole organization as a whole in this team has been really able to adapt and put some big performances on. And also, I mean, we want to mention judge. He had a huge showing that first Seattle game, two homers and also that big Homer robbery. And to answer your question though, Brian, with Stan coming back, Donaldson, I think it's definitely going to be tough in such a competitive AL league, but I think it, those they're definitely going to be good players to get back, especially with LeMahieu being so shaky at third base. So with that, let's start with Stanton because that's that's the big guy that Yankee fans have been looking to get back for a while. He got off to a decent start this season, and then after 13 games – out of nowhere went out with the hamstring injury, but having him back, you don't need me to say how big that's going to be for this lineup. We know what he's able to produce and what he can do. The only thing that I would be a little weary about is how he's going to bounce back from the injury injury. And I know he's had dealt with a lot of injuries in the past, but last year after he came back from his injury, he wasn't all that good. And he didn't seem like the same player. Like his hitting stats went way down his, batting average and balls and play were down. He got two, two IL since last year. And after both of them, he was not the same hitter and it ended up having one of the worst seasons of his career. So for the Yankees, if they want to catch the Rays, if they want to pass the Orioles, they're going to need Stanton to be Stanton. They can't have a compromised version of him. Like they saw in 2022, they're going to need the real Stanton that they saw in 2021 and what they've seen for most of his Yankees career. Yeah, I think what's important with that is I know Boone said he's going to DH for the first couple of games and then he'll go back to playing the outfield. I just think with Stanton, I've never seen such a like muscular, strong guy get so injured so often. Like he's like made so a sad. It's so sad because he's literally like the strongest, buffest dude out there and he just constantly gets injured and his, you know, bounce back from injuries, like you said, haven't been good. So I think I'm not too, too worried about him only because of how well other players have stepped up. And I think it's been impressive to see them. And I I think they can deal with a little bit of slump from Stanton, honestly, because they've been doing fine without him. So I think it's not too, too much of a worry for me. Obviously, like it would be great to see him 
you know, get back. But I I wouldn't expect anything out of the gate from him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, with with Stanton, it's it may it might not click immediately. I mean, the big thing last year was that he was trying to find his timing after coming off of the aisle. He had a lot of lower body injuries, and that's exactly what we're dealing with again here. And if Stanton I, they have a lot of other hitters that can't produce. Like if judge is going to keep playing the way that he's playing right now, I mean, he's at MVP status. He's right where he was last year. And if Rizzo is going to keep having the season he's having, he missed the last couple of games, but should be back for the LA series. And then look at a couple other guys, IKF. I don't know if he's going to keep hitting the way that he's hitting right now, but if you have him Bader, if LeMahieu's able to bounce back, you can absorb the blow of Stanton, maybe not piecing it together immediately. But keep in mind, when Stanton was not hitting well, particularly in August and September last year, that's where he was really, really struggling. I mean, in those games, he hit 165 and had an OPS of 633. Not Stanton numbers at all. And that's where the offense really struggled at the end of last year. So for the Yankees... It, they can afford it for a little bit, but they're going to need Andrew. They're going to need Stanton to really have a really key contribution to this team going forward when he comes back and gets settled in after the injury. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's going to eventually have to put in big swings like we're, we all know him for. Um, but I think, like you said, I think we have a little bit of wiggle room here, especially with an IKF, a judge, guys that have been putting in hits. Um but yeah, he's definitely a uh, streaky guy. So I think once he figures out the timing, we can definitely see him fall into that old kind of stand nature, I guess, that he's used to. Um, but also, I think something to keep an eye on also is if we see maybe another injury coming up, especially if he moves from that DH spot into the outfield. Um, like Maddie was saying, is he's such a muscular dude, but seems to get injured all the time. Um, so I don't know if that's really the smartest thing to maybe move him outside that DH position. But I think they're kind of going to have to. I mean, I know it would be ideal to not have him play the outfield at all. But here's the thing with Donaldson coming back to him. We'll talk about him in a second. But you have DJ LeMahieu as well. Rizzo, like you're going to want to get those guys DH days when you can. And then for Stanton, I understand that you have to DH him. But part of me also think it's good to get him in the outfield as much as you can because you want his body to be used to that because it's bad for him to just go out there on when not having to play the outfield for a while and then risk an injury there. But And his last injury, it happened when he was pulling into second base for a double. So I think for Stanton, they're going to DH him to start. But then when guys get consistent reps, like when Donaldson starts coming back and DJ is still playing every day, they're going to want to mix in guys in a DH role every now and then. So for Stanton, it's just about making sure that he – doesn't get hurt again but obviously in the last couple of years that hasn't been it's not been the most sure thing in the world for John Carlos and to not get hurt but we obviously know the presence that he is in that lineup and no opposing pitcher wants to face a back-to-back-to-back of Judge Rizzo and Stanton nobody wants to deal with that now going on to another Yankee Josh Donaldson Josh Donaldson's back and this is where I really want your guys opinions because Donaldson we know how Yankee fans feel about him and what he is, but he does have some good things to bring to the table. But overall, guys, Josh Donaldson's back. How are we feeling, right? The Yankees are getting their big former MVP back, right? I'm so excited. 
literally he is my least favorite Yankee and that has to do with his brave status I didn't like him on the Braves and so then he goes to the Yankees and it made it even worse what a hot start hitting 125 in like 16 games 16 at bats 16 at bats you know what I won't because I don't like him so that's right I just I never liked the guy really. I think he's like um like he's good at third base. Like he's he's done his job defensively, but he is not the hitter that he was with the Braves for that minute period of time. And I I don't know. I just feel like there there is other options for the Yankees at third base, like instead of Donaldson down the line. So I, I just I'm not very happy with Donaldson and I don't think like it out the gate we're gonna see anything, but I don't know. I've just never been the best fan of him, so I'm not very excited to see him back, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think me and Maddie are in complete agreements here. I do not like Donaldson at all. I think he brings a weird vibe to the clubhouse overall. I think that's just an intangible in its own right. But like you said, Maddie, I mean, he hasn't been batting well. It is a small sample size. I just don't see him adding too much offensive capabilities to this Yankees lineup. While he is a good third baseman, and I think that is useful, especially with LeMahieu being as shaky as he is. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not too excited about it, to be honest with you. So I'm about to do something crazy here, guys. No, I'm about to give a positive spin on Josh Donaldson coming back to the Yankees. And I know he's persona non grata in Yankee land. Yankee fans, he's kind of the target right now. And if he struggles people are going to jump on him. And he hasn't gotten off to a good start this year. Here's some of the good things, though. We know he plays elite third base. You can't you can't take that away from him. He's a gold-glove caliber third baseman. And then with his bat, I mean, you got to look at it. He excelled in his rehab assignment. And I know in the grand scheme of things, the rehab, triple-A, double-A stint means nothing. Like, I get that. But also with what he's able to give – I mean, last year he was hovering in the 220s batting average-wise, had 15 homers around there. And honestly, with the way that the Yankees lineup is operating right now, is that really a drop-off from what DJ LeMahieu is giving you right now? Because DJ LeMahieu is really struggling for the Yankees right now. And then you look at a couple other guys that have been in there recently, like Oswaldo Cabrera. He had been one of the worst hitters in the league up until this point. He got sent down to make room for Donaldson on the roster. So I understand the frustrations completely. And I know I could give this positive spin and then he could go over the next week. And then we're coming back talking about Donaldson being a liability for this team. But I think he's got good things to offer and maybe he can give a little better of a year than he had last year. But that's just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about that. Cause I know you guys don't like Donaldson. Yeah. I, I can't deny his, that he's good defensively. I just, I just think that his time with the Yankees has not been I think what they might have anticipated him to do like from where they really wanted him to start and so I I I just think at the end of the day he for his you know positives has more faults in my eyes and and that's where I lie with him so it's it's nothing more than my hatred for him as a player and his old, old status with the Braves to now this but he's just not what I think the Yankees wanted at the end of the day. And and that sucks because they put a lot of time into him and, you know, hope to see a change in him. But I don't know. It's, it's just not been, I think the most impressive of trials with the Yankees. No, I, I hear what you're saying, but 
with with Donaldson, he brings the third base, as you mentioned, and then it just comes up to for me what he can do compared to what some other people have been doing. And DJ LeMahieu hasn't hit, Oswaldo Cabrera hasn't hit, Isaiah kind of left it in the long run probably isn't getting four hits a game like he had in Seattle the other night. So I'm willing to give Josh Donaldson his props for what he can do and be a little bit optimistic for what he can do. But maybe that's my Yankee bias. We'll see. Now, before we transition to the Mets, the Yankees are also getting back Tommy Canely in their bullpen, which is big with how much they've been relying on Wandy Peralta. So the Yankees get three guys back all at once, which is kind of crazy. But before, I mean, Aaron, we have to talk about Aaron Judge before we move on because what he's doing right now is incredible. And he's right up there last year with what he was doing offensively. And then quickly before we move on, is he everyone's front runner for MVP or are we on the Shohei Otani, the Shohei Otani praise train? Because Aaron Judge has been magnificent to start the year. Um, I think I need more time on Shohei Otani to think if he's going to be MVP this year. Like, he's got to do something to really wow me. I would say Judge is like a casual, like, easy lock, I would say right now in my mind. But unless Shohei does something that I'm like, wow, I'm not going to probably say it's going to be him. But I'm, I'd am i be very interested to see if it goes Shohei's way this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out later in the season. I think it'll definitely be more competitive as it goes on. But, I mean, just looking at Judge's stats, I mean, he is definitely a clear clear pick here. Judge has been incredible. Right up there with his pace last year, through 47 games. If you saw on MLB's Instagram, they did a side-by-side, and it's almost the same thing. If not, he's been better this year. So everyone's been wowed by what Aaron Judge has been able to do. And everyone's looking forward to the marquee matchup that the Yankees have this weekend against the Los Angeles Dodgers in LA. That'll be a lot of fun, but we've gotten through our Yankees talk. So let's make Maddie happy. And let's talk about the Mets and the Mets as of late, they've been winning. They swept the Phillies this past week and the pitching in that series was awesome. And we're going to talk about their pitching needs later on, but for now let's harp on the positives Sanga had the best start of his career on Tuesday, and then Carrasco did well Wednesday, and then Max Scherzer, another great start. So the pitching left a lot to be encouraged, but I'm wondering, Maddie, where you are. You're one of our great Mets beat reporters and has followed this team for a long time. So where do you stand with the Mets sweeping the Phillies? Do you see it as a high point, or is this another, we're going to take a step forward and then another step back situation? What are we feeling here? I'm really happy with it. I I don't want to be a negative Mets fan. There's too many of them. Like I I can't be like a Frank the Tank. This season sucks. You could. I could, but I don't want to be. I want to be so positive this year. (laughs) I want to be so happy. And so I'm I'm very impressed with what I've seen um, out of the Phillies kind of stretch. And and I think something that I really want to highlight is the starting pitching because the starting pitching has been not great this year for lack of better like terms like it really hasn't been you brought in a Verlander you brought you have Scherzer back you expect this like Cy Young level of you know commitment from these guys and we just didn't see that right out the gate it was not what we anticipated but uh and that has to do a lot with how long they've been able to go our bullpen has been so taxed to start this year with Edwin Diaz being gone and with 
not that many relievers that to me have been impressive in the rotation. It's been really difficult for the bullpen to really hold on to games when relievers were only going four innings. It's ridiculous that they were only going like four innings. Um, but they're 16 and 0 now when a starting pitcher goes six innings, which is amazing. And they're six and 0 when they pitch seven. So I think this length that we're finally getting from guys like Sanga and Scherzer um, have been really good. Uh, like we talked about, Scherzer had a great night. We cannot, you know, go past Senga's night. Senga, to me, really has been a brighter spot for the Mets. We didn't know what we were getting into when he came to the Mets. We had no idea what it was going to be. We just knew about the ghost fork. We knew what he could do in terms of that pitch. But we had no idea what he was going to do lengthwise, what he was going to be able to do in every inning. Uh, and he started off walking a lot. Uh, that was his big thing. He was a big guy that, you know, delivered a lot of walks. But now I feel like after that last start, I'm very impressed to see where he's kind of headed. So I'm very, you know, excited to see that. Um, I have problems with the bullpen, as I always do. I don't think there's been a season where I haven't been like the bullpen has problems. Um, and uh, one of them being Drew Smith. I'm kind of sick of seeing Drew Smith out there. He gives up a home run every single time he has an appearance, which is getting really frustrating. So I've kind of been sick of seeing Drew Smith blow a couple of games or give up leads. But otherwise, I've been very impressed with that um, bullpen rotation uh, of, you know, Ottavino, Robertson, um, and seeing everybody in that back half really kind of deliver. I think when it comes to the Mets, and you mentioned that bullpen where you feel confident about the last three or so guys in there. Brooks Raley has been good. And then Ottavino, you trust him more often than not, although he's bound to have a blow-up outing every now and then. And that's kind of skyrocketed his ERA. And then David Robertson has been lights out this season. But again, outside of that, and you mentioned the starting pitching, it needs to give you length to, and I'll take words out of, I was saw a clip of Don LaGreca and what he was saying about the Mets. You need to avoid the middle relievers because that's where you're really going to get into trouble with this Mets team where you can avoid uh, giving the ball to Nagasek like you had to do in Colorado. And then he kind of got lit up. And then if you can avoid giving the ball to guys like Drew Smith too, but with the way Scherzer's pitching right now and what you're going to get out of Justin Verlander more often than not, I think the Mets are in a good spot, honestly, with, what they've been able to do and they're 30 and 27 right now, but that's going to put you in first place in the AL central and the NL central. So it's been tough with the Mets having such a high payroll so far, but I think they're in a good spot. They just need that starting pitching to give them as much length as possible guys. Yeah, I think it's all revolving around the pitching here. And I think, uh, I mean, this series was great for them. I mean, Kota Sengai, nine strikeouts, Scherzer, great performance. I think, the starters getting later into the game and taking pressure off of the bullpen to really eat up innings is what is allowing these Mets to kind of win these games and uh, allow the offensive production to really kind of take away, which is something that we've been seeing also with um, guys like Marcana, who's kind of worked out of his kind of slump, uh, Brandon Nimmo. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a really great reset for this team. But when it comes to starting pitching, I, I, I don't know if this Philly series is the bounce back point or if it's going to be another moment of inconsistency because Kodai Sanga had his best start of his career. But so far this season, he's been up and down and the walks have been issue 
Now on Tuesday, he didn't walk a batter. This is the first time he has never walked a batter in his career so far. So good for him there. And Scherzer and Verlander, you feel confident in, but keep in mind they're 40 years old. So health is always going to be an issue. And then how much do you trust guys like Carrasco and McGill down the stretch? I don't know. So it may be starting pitching could be an area that the Mets could look at at the deadline because we know what Steve Cohen's all about and he's not going to shy away from getting stars into that rotation. There's always room to improve, especially under this regime of New York Mets baseball, Matty. Yeah, I, I think the biggest concern with me in terms of who's going to get the starting pitcher is Billy Epler. I don't think Billy Epler has been great at, you know, doing his pitching in the past with the Angels. He was not the best at building a pitching rotation. And now with the Mets, we're seeing the weak spots that he kind of left in when he went out to get all these guys. Um, I think, you know, we you bring up what we want in terms of starting pitcher and news came out recently that Shane Bieber will apparently be on the market soon. Um, and I am very interested in something like that over, like everyone has been talking about the Shohei Otani race. I don't even want to think about that right now. I think I want to think like practicality right now. Shane Bieber could be a great addition for this team. And I think with the Mets farm system, now with the rise of Alvarez and what we've seen out of Alvarez, we have, um, people like Kevin Parada who, you know, now his kind of future is in limbo because Alvarez has been delivering, do we need a Kevin Parada right now or do we give him up for someone like Shane Bieber? Uh, I know Mets fans were also interested in like Corbin Burns and, you know, looking at other guys like that. That's another option. But I think getting rid of maybe Kevin Parada, sacrificing that young talent in in the form of that catcher and making way for a Shane Bieber could really help the team. I, I just think that would be a great, you know, motivator for their starting pitchers. Um rather than sitting back and try to deal with this. Because you mentioned, I think, the issue really is with what we're going to see in this series, with McGill and with um, Verlander. And I am I'm want to see how those starts go, because their last two starts were not great. They were just not up to quality. So... I don't know. I think it could be a good turn of like turn of pace for the Mets if they wanted to do something like that, just because I think trying to rely on Carrasco and McGill and Verlander who just haven't found their groove yet and we're in June is a little bit kind of worrisome for me. I think with what the starting pitching, you can never have enough starting pitching in the major leagues. I think a lot of people agree with that. And then the Mets are going to, more than likely attack at the deadline with the attitude Steve Cohen has. And it just comes down to can Billy Epler, like you mentioned, Maddie, bring the right guys in here and make the necessary moves. A couple other teams that I was looking at in terms of we're looking at teams that are going to be sellers at the deadline. So that's what we have to base it off of. The Chicago White Sox have been abysmal to start the season. And they got a couple of starters that teams could have their eyes on. So if you look at a Lucas Giolito or a Dylan Cease primarily, that could also be an option. I know they haven't gotten off to great starts this season, but if the Mets are able to bring them in and possibly retool them, I mean, it would be it would be great. And also, if you could imagine our top three in the rotation of, if we're going to go down the Shane Bieber route, the top three rotation of Scherzer, Bieber, and Verlander, if they're all pitching at their highest level, again, that's about as scary of a top three in your rotation as you can see. So the Mets... They have some needs in their bullpen and their rotation as well, but if they can get the necessary moves that they need, this team could be scary, but again, it all comes down to health. That's the big thing. Stay healthy. 
I yeah, think. But, oh. No, 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 Maddie, go. I was going to say something about health, but it's, I've been concerned. I know Quintana is rumored to make oh, I, forgot, I forgot about rumored to make an appearance at some point I don't know when that is I heard rehab starts soon don't know how likely that is because I don't think the Mets injuries have ever been consistent and like we've ever gotten somebody back like on time um so that's just another person to keep in mind but that's kind of up in the air still it's yeah. gonna be Andrew do you have something yeah, yeah, no, I was just going to chime in and say that I think a Bieber would be great to add to the Mets. Just, you know, like you were saying, that one, two, three punch. Um, if everyone is healthy, which is always the big question mark, especially with a guy like Verlander and Scherzer that are getting a bit older in their career. But I think just adding Bieber um, would definitely strengthen that Mets star lineup, take, again, a little pressure off the bullpen. And obviously, I mean, we've seen with Cohen, I mean, he has the pockets for it, so why not? Shane Bieber, a potential option. You're going to look at the White Sox and what they kind of have available, even a team like the Cardinals who haven't had success this year. So there's a lot of routes that the Mets could go down and how they want to improve their roster and potentially catch the Braves and surpass them or go for that wild card spot. We'll see where they end up. But I think the Mets have a lot to be encouraged about and could have a good summer if everything stays healthy and that lineup starts to produce a little bit more before we wrap things up on today's episode uh, to make news for Yankee fans, Aaron Hicks signed with the Orioles earlier in the week. And we know Hicks's tenure and how it came to an end in New York, but so far in Baltimore, I mean, he went two for two with a walk on Wednesday. So no one has ever faced Orioles, Aaron Hicks and gotten him out. That's that's a true stat. So you look at it now, guys, and this is going to be a little bit of fun at the end here. But is this another going to be another situation of a Yankee leaving the Bronx and then finding a career resurgence afterwards? Because I don't know. Aaron Hicks is in the division. It almost seems like he's locked in to become the next Yankee killer if he stays on that roster long term. Yeah, I think he has a lot of potential. I, I really think it's just a, a situation where sometimes the stress of the lineup and just the environment is just not the place for a guy. And, and that happens. And so I think, you know, this timing that, you know, with injuries on the Orioles, he can step in and re- like show what he can do and and like slowly get into it. Although they lost that game that he had his like first start. It was, I think, better to see and I I really hope that he does continue this because I, I just think that sometimes you get pigeonholed or we pigeonhole players on who are on this one team and they're like they're they're completely bad they have no future like they're they're just awful all around it's just not the right fit for them and so I I'm very excited to see what he can do with the Orioles because the Orioles have you know looked impressive as of this year so I'm very excited to see what he can do with them and I don't think this is the end I think this is a great beginning for him with the Orioles I think at the end of his Yankees tenure, he needed a change of scenery. That's the big thing. So going to Baltimore where they have a good fan base and they're going to support him. And that fan base has seen bad baseball in the last couple of years. So if he struggles, not the end of the world. The only weird thing that I kind of feel about it too is he he voices displeasure with his role in the Yankees about not starting. But when Cedric Mullins comes back, He's not going to find a lane to start, not in that outfield with Mullins and then Austin Hayes and Santander as well. So that's the only thing that's confusing to me. But who knows if he can at least have 
more success and be better than what he showed in his last couple of months with the Yankees. That's big. Also, Maddie, Gary Sanchez has two home runs with the Padres and the Mets just let him go. So are you kind of kicking yourself after that? What's the deal there? I'm so upset that Gary Sanchez <laughs> get more time with the Mets. No, I'm I I am at the weird place where after the mess that I had seen with Nito and James McCann and and watching all of that happen, that now we have Alvarez. And you know what? <laughs> well, it would be nice to see Gary Sanchez play in a Mets jersey for longer. You know what? Good for him. I'm glad where he's at, but we don't we didn't really need him, so I'm not too upset about it. Mets and Yankees legend Gary Sanchez wearing the 99 in San Diego too. So paying homage to Aaron Judge perhaps, but I think that's a good point to leave off today. We talked Yankees, we talked Mets and their potential needs and overall thrilled for another month of baseball as we enter June, but that'll do it today. Shout out to our great producer, Nick Palmer here. So from Brian Raybacks and Matt Bumonte and Andrew Canary, thank you so much for listening to the Nosebleeds podcast a production of WFUV Sports.